Welcome everyone to Coaching in Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I'll be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about my most recent blog, What is Neuroplasticity? You might be wondering. Though that word, if you say it fast five times, you're going to have a difficult time. That word is going to be something you should learn because we all have that ability to change our mind, which is what neuroplasticity is. So we're going to be talking about that in today's episode. So if you have a mindset that you want to change, you want to tweak anything in your mind that you want to adjust, it can happen today. Stay tuned for that. If you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and to share this video and or audio. Now, the idea of neuroplasticity is going to be talking about how the brain can be rewired. Because if we think about how the brain is, we think it's just something set in stone. Think of Moses and the Ten Commandments, right? He wrote the Ten Commandments on the stones. He necessarily can't change them, right? Now, of course, he can get some new stones and chisel in some new commandments or any modifications to the commandments, but it's going to be set in stone, right? That's where the word came in, set in stone. But when it comes to the mind, our mind is not set in stone. We have a very malleable mind where we can mold it any way we want. If you want to be a superstar, we can mold your mind into that direction. You want to be an NFL player, NBA player, we can mold you into that type of person. And when people come to me, they are always skeptical about coaching. They're always like, well, I want this in my life, but I don't think I can get that because it's so far out of reach when it comes to our subconscious mind taking over. Our subconscious mind saying that's not possible. It's similar to how if we say, all right, I'm going to get a million dollars. Your subconscious mind is going to say, no, you're not. You're not going to get a million dollars. You can barely pay your mortgage or your utility bills. So that mind is going to be saying, hey, this is reality, right? Come back down. I know you want that million dollars. I know it makes you feel good to think about it and dream about it, but you're not going to get it. That's the subconscious mind. And though our subconscious mind can be one of the truest forms of ourself or our way of thinking, it doesn't necessarily mean it's right all the time. Because sometimes our subconscious mind is just going to be operating on limiting beliefs. And we talked about limiting beliefs, but the limiting beliefs are going to be that you can't do something because of a circumstance or because of a past failure or because someone else has told you that you can't do it. So those limiting beliefs stay there and it becomes your truth. It's like that saying, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it's going to be dumb. But A fish is not supposed to be climbing trees, it's supposed to be swimming. And the same thing with the mind. The mind is supposed to be powerful, supposed to be free, it's supposed to be imaginative and hungry for more, more knowledge, more progress. The mind wants more, but then at the same time, the mind is tricky because the mind wants to be lazy too. And we gave the mind the perfect breeding ground for laziness, modern society. So now modern society can be lazy. Many people can be lazy and they don't have to push themselves. Very weak mindset. And it's not something that people have to stay in. People don't have to be weak. They don't have to have a weak mindset. They don't have to live in poverty. They don't have to live without or with less. That's a choice because we all have our same 24 hours in a day and we have a choice. Get up and push ourselves or stay in bed for a little bit longer. But every time we choose to stay in bed a little bit longer, there's someone going to be out in the world who says, you know, I'm not going to stay in bed a little bit longer and I'm going to go out and I'm going to get mine. I'm going to go out and put in the work. 
And if you're not there, right, I want to put in the work, but I'm just not there yet. That's perfectly fine, right? Then that's where coaching comes in. Because once you get a coach, they're going to be helping you along the way. And just like I was saying previously, people who come in, they're always skeptical. They're like, well, I want to do this, but I don't know if it's going to work. Well, you only need one person to believe in you. So if you can't believe in yourself, then let me do it. So I believe in them. I coach them. I help them. Within a month, we see results. They're like, whoa, I can't believe how good this is. I should have done this sooner. Most people say that because it's the truth. Many people don't realize this is so good. This is so powerful. It's similar to therapy. I don't know if you have gone to therapy, but people who have gone to therapy for any period of time, they always say they feel better after therapy. And coaching can be therapeutic, but it doesn't deal with your traumas. It deals with what type of results you want. So if you want a better relationship, we work on getting a better relationship. If you want to work on getting over a relationship, even though it's a traumatic event, we get over that relationship, right? What is the result you want? Now, of course, sometimes coaching does turn into therapy where we ask how they're feeling about certain topics. How was your childhood? Like we are diving deep into the roots of how you're thinking. Sometimes that has to happen, but it's not part of the regular coaching process. The coaching process is where are we today? Where do we want to be tomorrow? Simple, right? And then we make sure we hold you accountable because if we can't hold you accountable, then you're just going to go out and do what you want to do. But even if we're there to hold you accountable, it doesn't mean you have to listen to us, right? Let's say you want to lose some weight. After work every day, you go to McDonald's and you still do the workouts and they're not anything special. The workouts, you just kind of go on the Stairmaster and walk for a little bit and you call that a workout. We got to start somewhere, right? So we start there and then we try to figure out, all right, let's figure out what's going on. So we hit on the scale for a month and we figure out how our body's fluctuating. Is it staying the same? Is it losing weight? And then we start to look at different areas, your diet, your nutrition, your activity level. All of that has to be put in when you want to lose weight. Something similar happens when you want to get in a relationship or get a different career. We have to just change the way our mind is thinking, which leads us into the idea of what the blog is, neuroplasticity. We're changing the way our mind is. So let's get into that blog and start to dissect it a little bit. All right, so here we have neuroplasticity, the power of neuroplasticity. And if you're new to the channel, of course, you want to head over to RevanConcepts.com. It's going to look a little bit different because I do have a new website coming up. And that's going to be very nice. So one, check that out, revenconcepts.com. Then from the homepage, you're just going to go over to resources. And then of course, blogs will be right there. Hit that blog button and then you'll see the most recent blog, neuroplasticity. Now, the idea of neuroplasticity or neuroplasticity is going to be defined as a general umbrella term that refers to the brain ability to modify, change, and adopt both structure and function throughout life and in response to experience. Whoa, what was that about, right? Who knew this podcast was going to be a Webster podcast? But it is, right? This definition of neuroplasticity is basically laying out the idea of how your brain or how something can be molded and changed. Like I said earlier, 
Many people think the mind just stays the same. Bad habits are hard to die. Old habits are hard to get rid of. That is true. Bad habits are hard to get rid of. That is true. It's easy to be bad. I cannot go to the gym five days a week and my life would be even simpler. I would gain seven hours at least every single week. What am I going to do in those seven hours? I don't know. Maybe I can go watch a movie. Maybe I can go lay down and take more naps for seven hours. Who knows, right? So I have an abundance more time. But I understand that if I don't go to the gym five days out of the week, I feel like I'm not doing my utmost best. Not saying that you have to go to the gym five days out of the week, but it's just my mindset. The idea of neuroplasticity is just changing your mindset. I haven't always been this way where my mind is so powerful, where it's thinking of the positive and almost always optimistic. Now, I always look at the good because if I can look at the good, then I can stare toward the good, which is a positive thing. This blog right here, a must read. I'm going to be dissecting it a little bit. But it is a must read because it has so much good content, so many different examples. And I'm going to be explaining as much as I can in today's episode. But you do want to check out this blog. And then, of course, when you are all done, you can always share it, like it, comment. Let me know what you think about it. So let's dive a little bit deeper into neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is going to be a big learning lesson. Just recently, I learned WordPress. I was on Squarespace, and I had to basically transfer over the website to WordPress. And if you know both Squarespace and WordPress, then of course, this conversation might be like, this easy, right? I can do that, no problem. But when you are getting a new phone, for example, let's say you're an Apple user, and then you go to Android or vice versa you're going to notice it's not as intuitive as your phone is, right? Because you'll say, this is not what I'm used to. The brain is not used to it, right? Because it functions a little bit differently, right? But it is still phone. The brain does the same thing. So yeah, I know how to use a phone, but it's not the phone that I'm used to. I have to learn a new process. So instead of it just going one path, for iPhones or Apple iPhones, now it needs to go to Samsung Galaxy phones or Android phones or Google phones. So there's going to be different pathways that have to be built. Now, when you build these pathways, they can close. So if you have an iPhone for, let's say, five years, and then you say, you know, I'm done with Apple because Apple doesn't do a good job, then you move over to Android. So now you're an Android user Eight years down the line, now you go back to iPhone because it's required by your job, for example. So now you have an iPhone and you knew how to use an iPhone before, but now it's totally different. Now, of course, you have the concept of a phone still. You still have the idea of this is how things were done before everything changed. But with phones, everything is evolving, similar to the mind. Things evolve, things change, things don't stay the same. So you might press the home button twice to get a camera or take a screenshot with the home button and then the power button that might have changed down the line because they're getting rid of the home button. 
So now we just have a screen or we have an on-screen home button. So things are different, right? So they're not the same. But just because it's not the same doesn't mean that we can't change or learn the process. So when we're learning a process, when we're learning to change our mind, mold our mind, that's all neuroplasticity. So learning is basically molding our mind. If you're ignorant, for example, and you just don't know any better, and you're doing something wrong, and then someone comes along saying, hey, I see what you're doing, but it's not necessarily correct. Let me show you a different way. And that was just the nicest way I can tell someone that they're doing something wrong without them feeling self-conscious that they're doing something wrong and people are seeing it. I'm going to tell you a story after this. So now that this person realizes, oh, I'm doing this wrong, they have the opportunity to learn the right way to do it. So now that this person is doing it right or they have learned the right way, they actually have to train the brain. Similar to muscle memory. They have to train the brain to get out of that old way of thinking, that ignorant way of thinking that wasn't correct 100%. Similar to how if you play a G chord, which fingers do you use? Do you use your fingers one, two, and three, or do you use two, three, and four? Very similar, and only people who play guitar are probably going to understand that, and or music teachers. You have to unlearn some things that are not going to benefit you. Now, of course, if you find yourself enjoying something, and you think ignorance is bliss, go for it. I'm not here to change your life for the little remedial things that don't necessarily matter. Because if you use fingers one, two, and three, instead of two, three, and four, not a big deal. You're going to play a G chord. Same thing in life. Just because you go left doesn't mean you can't make something out of going left or vice versa going right. There's no right way to skin a cat. We have so many options when it comes to what we do and the results on it. So going back to the story I was going to tell you. One time I was at the gym. This was back in 2018, I think. And I was in the gym and there was a young man. He's probably maybe 22 years old and he was doing some bicep curls. And he was not necessarily having the most proper form. And so after I saw him doing it for quite some time, I said, you know, let me just go in there and just help him out. And this is not to boost my ego or to make him feel a certain way. I just wanted him to be better equipped. So I said, hey, excuse me, I saw you're doing some bicep curls. Try this instead. And so I so I told him to try this and then he did it. He did it good. I was like, perfect. I was like, yeah. So the reason I said to do that is because if you keep doing it your way, you're going to get hurt because he was doing it in a way he was going to hurt his back. So I saved his back. But then he was still self-conscious. He's like, oh man, people are watching me do it wrong. I know he wasn't done working out, but he actually left. He left the gym. So he was embarrassed enough to say, well, I'm not going to come to the gym anymore. And I haven't seen him there since. I hope he's not somewhere eating kalashis. But if he is, I want him to understand that what I was telling you wasn't to make you upset or to make you embarrassed. It was to help you because... If you have someone guiding you to a better body, to better fitness, and making sure you don't get hurt in the process, that's going to be an essential tool. If I was doing something wrong in the gym, I would like for someone to come up to me and say, hey, you're doing this wrong, or you can do this, and it'll be a little bit better. And then, of course, I check it out, and I can say, yeah, 
I can see what you're talking about. I like it. I'm uh, I'm going to adjust. Or I can say, thank you for that. I am going to keep doing it my way, but it's not because I don't like you. I'm just going to do it my way, right? Nothing wrong with that, right? People are going to be like, not a problem. Do what you got to do, right? Your life. But when it comes to just understanding that we have the power to change or to stay the same, that's up to us. Next podcast is going to be talking about the difficulty of changing, right? This blog that I wrote for your reading pleasures, of course, is going to be dealing with how to change your mind or how your mind changes, but it doesn't talk about the difficulty, right? I might say something here in the blog, but it's so quick. And if we don't understand like, oh, wow, this is going to be a challenge, then once you start the process, then you're going to say, whoa, this is more than I asked for. And then I do remember before the end, I do say something that was going to ring true for many people. And that's going to be that sometimes people want something in their life. Let's say someone wants to get into a new job, but they're not willing to do the work to get in a new job. Maybe they might have to go back to school. They might have to take some type of classes to get some type of certification. They might have to work someplace they don't want to for a little bit to, so they can get the experience they need so then they can get the job that they want, right? There's going to be stepping stones. But sometimes people don't necessarily want to take those stepping stones. People just want the quick fix. And we talked about the mind and how it wants easy. Very weak mindsets are going to make that difficult. When people come to me and they say, Mike, I want some coaching. I say, not a problem. Sign up. We sign up. And whether they pick the basic program or they pick the master program, it's going to be the same thing. It just depends on how many lessons we are going to utilize toward your progression. Now, some people do great with just a few lessons. Some people need guidance every single day. It just depends on who you are as a person, because if you can be someone that holds themselves accountable and doesn't allow life circumstances to come in and take over, then guess what? You probably need less coaching. But if you're a person who's your own worst enemy, you probably need more coaching. And the safe side for people who can't hold themselves accountable, three times per week is what I recommend. And if you're a person who can be accountable to your own goals and your own results, and you just need a little bit of guidance here and there and a little bit of motivation here and there, then of course, you're going to go for the basic program, which is going to be three sessions per month. And you can always get more sessions if you run out, but the process is going to be the same. Just depending on your personality type, what do you need? Because this is something I said on the first episode of motivation in motion. Do you want it or do you just kind of want it? Because a lot of people just kind of want it. So how do we get out of that way of thinking? I want something, but I always do the kind of want actions. I kind of want this, but I really do want it. But I'm not willing to put in the work. I'm not willing to put in the effort. I'm not willing to go past my comfort zone in order to reach my goal. That is going to be the most challenging part, and that's what we're going to be talking about on Wednesday's podcast, but neuroplasticity is going to be talking about how the mind can be molded, how the mind can be changed, 
Because yes, you can change your mind, but it's not as simple as saying, I'm changing my mind, boom, my mind's changed. It's not that simple. It's going to be a lot of hard work, and we're going to be talking about all that hard work on the next episode. But a must-read blog, The Power of Neuroplasticity. And we're talking about how the brain's ability to modify and change things. So if you're not happy with your current circumstance, we can change it. If you're not happy with how things are going, you can change it. But you have to have a few key things in order for your mind to change. It's similar to saying, how do we build a home? Of course, we need cement, we need wood, and we need metal, right? Once we have those three things, we can build a home. And then, of course, we might need some plastics and stuff like that. But we have the basics to build a home. And similar to building our mind, we need to have a few essentials. And those essentials are going to be in this blog. Just like I said, I'm not going to dissect the whole blog. This is definitely a good read. I don't want to just give you chunks of the blog and think you don't need to read it because it goes so much more in depth and it's step by step for you to change your mind and to understand how your mind changes because people just kind of live in the idea of, well, if things don't go my way, oh, well, well, let's get rid of, oh, well, right? We don't need it. It doesn't help us. We can go, oh yeah, this can be certain. So we always go for certain. And the last area of neuroplasticity is that we understand things can change. We can see the results from other people and we can look at their life and we can say, wow, I'm so jealous that you have this type of life. I want this type of life too. Guess what happens? People dream, they hope, they wish for this life, but they don't take the action. Neuroplasticity is going to be both action and thought-based processes because if you just go through neuroplasticity thinking okay well I'm just going to train my body train my body train my body you have to train your mind too but you just can't train your mind train your mind train your mind and not train your body because it's basically two things coming together to make one right we change your mind and then we change the results. It's going to be a two-prong type of attack because, yeah, we can read all the motivational stuff in the world. We can go see all the great speakers in the world, and we can realize that, oh, wow, this is going to be something I want for myself in my life. And just a little tidbit of what's going to be happening Wednesday, we have a Instagram post that I have posted this is on RevenConcepts.com. You can head over to my Instagram, social media, and then you can check this out. I have so many things that we're going to just be looking at in a second, but this is the one that someone shared, and this is a Zig Ziglar quote, before you change your thinking, you have to change what goes into your mind. So it's not just as simple as, okay, I want to change the way I live, to change the way I think, to change the way I look. We have to feed our mind something different because if we just keep feeding our mind negativity, feeding our mind drama, then we're not going to necessarily be making the changes we want, right? So this person here shared the post, VeggieLover77 on Instagram. So you can always go to her profile, VeggieLover77, 
and tell her rodent concepts sent you. So she says, changing your mindset is no easy task, but having an open and positive mind is a game changer. Your personal growth is what propels the choices you make for your physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. Just something as simple as changing your thinking can change your life. Just as something as changing the way you think can change your life. So if you're able to change the way you think, then you could change your life. And neuroplasticity is changing the way you think. So if you're interested in learning how to change the way you think, of course, want to head over to the blog, get that going, revenantconcepts.com, read the blog, and then of course, read the power of neuroplasticity. And then once you get a good foundation of that, and you know that, okay, this is how to change my mind, then you can begin that process. Now, if you're having a hard time, or if you just don't want to read the blog, of course, you can sign up for a consultation, and we can get you going there, because the results are going to be the same. One is going to be self-driven, self-motivated, and one, you're going to be having a coach on your side. And having a coach is so powerful because they're going to be there with you every step of the way, and they're going to stop you from any major pitfalls that you might encounter. Because when you're changing your mind, I will tell you this, it's no easy task. And you will have a lot of ups and downs, but we have to be able to see the goal. And the goal is going to be a new mindset, a better you. So if you want to get to a better you, stay tuned for the next episode while we dive into the challenges of a new mindset. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach here in Austin, Texas. If you have any questions, you can email me coachingacession at gmail.com. I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching in Session. Until then, everyone take care.